Hey, hey, hey. This is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Bluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real-life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. You don't have one Sarah today. You got two. Welcome, everyone, to Belly Up with Sarah Longacre. The title I give my guest today would be Badass Entrepreneur, Crazy Astrology Freak, (laughs) Puller of Cards, Uh, Older Sister to Five Blood. Um, Is there a word for when you lose your mom? You're not a widow. You're, what do you call that? I don't know. Motherless. Yeah. Motherless. Um creative, honest, funky, and most importantly in this moment, my stepsister. My mother married your papa, granddad, a couple years ago. Five. Five. I'm glad you know these things. (laughs) Now he's loving her up as she's spending her last few months and years on earth. Mm -hmm. And it's an honor to have you. And as always, the first question here at Belly Up is... This is not your typical drink that you order. You know, it's um, it's not my typical. At the same time, it's a hot summer in Minneapolis. <sighs> so this is a perfect drink. And I do like a vodka base. Mm-hmm. So Not gin. No, I mean, I will drink gin, but I'm, I'm a vodka I think you're person. like me. We don't really discriminate. Not really. <laughs> not, you know. Well, but you don't do beer. I don't do beer with gluten in it. Mm-hmm. I I do drink some good gluten-free beer. They There's have some, some good ones. They yeah. do have some Getting good better. ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like. Will vodka. that help my belly fat if I drink gluten-free beer? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, okay. and that okay. I experience. Okay. <laughs> You've done beach babes, though. You've done your body beach babes. I do workout. beach body so that I can drink yeah. gluten-free beer yeah. and vodka and wine yeah. and eat. You do have a full. Um, encyclopedia, <laughs> I wanted to say, of life. You you lost your mother um, 15 years. 18. No, 18. You are an older sister to, and we all can say this, to a complex family with four kick-ass strong women, an amazing male. Uh, you were born in? England. You moved to? Australia. You moved to? The U.S. I mean, shit, that in itself that's a movie. Yeah. So before we get into the piece that I want to talk about, um, if you could live anywhere, if you didn't have your beautiful 10-year-old daughter, which is a whole other story, yes. and your amazing partner and your family here, if you could go move to another country, would you go back to one of those? Because you have dual citizenship? Or I no, actually, I'm, you're the only one that doesn't. No, I'm— uh, I'm an Australian citizen. I'm not even an American citizen. So I've had a green card for 40 years. Not not even 40 years, like probably, I don't know, 36 years. And, um, you know, that— What do you—do you keep—I re- don't, I don't know nothing about this. Yeah, no— Do you, you keep you don't reapplying? Have to, I mean, I got my 
a green card in the 80s when I was like 13 was when I got my green card. And then my parents separated and my mom took the five of us kids back to Australia. So we were back in Australia for almost a year and a half. And then they got back together and then we moved back to the States. And let's just pause there (laughs) because. Yeah. All I picture is like getting back together. There wasn't cell phones. There was no FaceTime and there was no texting. No. Like, did they write letters? I mean, yeah. there wasn't email then, Sarah. Oh, God, no. I know. Okay, and we won't wrote, get into that. Okay, they, they wrote did letters. Write, and we would um, record cassette tapes for oh, my dad, yes. all of us kids, yes. and send it to him. And, and he'd get it a month later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, those were the days. I, okay, that's a whole other. Yes. So you move back here when they get back together. Yes. Yeah. Angry at dad. Super angry, super. I mean, it was it was super, it was really tough and confusing. I was ten when we came back, and I was the oldest. And I kind of by that time had figured out what had happened, mm-hmm. and um, so I was just so upset. Uh, we Why had weren't moved. we friends then, dude? My ten was oh man. Well, and it, <sighs> thankfully, when we moved back here, we moved back to the same area that we had mm. left. So I went back to the same school. My friends were there. So that was a pretty easy integration. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't an easy time to understand why we had to leave our family again. So there was a lot of so much grief, you know, in going back to see our family, then leaving our family. And, again, it's not Kansas City. No. It's Australia, where you can't even go right now in 2021. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I want to spend time later on this, but angry at mom or what? Initially, I was really angry at her because uh, we, honestly, they weren't honest with us. Mm -hmm. So we were told we were going on vacation and I knew that we weren't. It just didn't feel like that. He wasn't coming with us. So I was really angry at her and then it shifted to him. Um, and I was just really confused, you know, really confused and heartbroken. And I loved my dad and it was really complicated. Fabulous word. Yeah. Complicated. Yeah. You graduate high school. Yeah. Here. Yeah. What What was the next chapter? And Well, then I went to St. Ben's. And for those listeners... St. Ben's is a small, small all girls Catholic college yeah. in northern Minnesota, but and like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it is. So you go there. Yes. And when in your life did one of the biggest things that I know happened? Yeah. And how 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 do we get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Before, yeah, take a sip. Well. And cheers. I mm-hmm, love you. Mm-hmm. So as a birth doula, as holding space for women and children and mothers, this part of Sarah has, I've never told you, just the respect that I have for you is utmost. Thank you. Because I'm going to be honest, I was in the same position as you one time, and I made a different choice. And it's still, I, I think all the time about the choices that each one of us make. And so you coming on and being vulnerable and sharing um, your journey about um, this piece in this chapter of your life as a birth mom. Well, let me preface the story with saying I also, I have been in the position a couple of times and I made a different choice at a different time. Mm -hmm. And then I made a different choice at a different time. So I've made all three choices. So when I really, of course, I appreciate, you know, when when people 
say that they respect the choice that I made in college. I really feel like it was part of my destiny. It was part of my purpose. All the stars aligned for that to be my choice. Mm -hmm. And it really, of course, it took courage. Of course, it took all of those things. But I really feel like in my heart, it was part of my soul's path to do that. So when I got into the situation again with an unplanned pregnancy later on in my um, late 20s, when I was a hot mess for many, many reasons, I made a different choice. I was not in a position I felt to make the choice I did in college. And then when I was 37 and I found (laughs) myself yet again with an unwanted pregnancy, but with a husband, I made a different choice and I could parent at that time. And I mean, now you're parenting a 10-year-old. Yeah, which is is amazing. And I call her my second chance. So... Uh, yeah, so that that gives the preview to, you know, like I joke, I mean, like any good Catholic girl, mm. I got knocked up in college, but it really— And did you get knocked up by someone that you had an emotional relationship with? Or very was much it, so. Okay. Yeah, so we had been dating for two years, and this is the crazy thing. Like, I had to go on birth control when I was um, 13 because of my periods. Period being so intense, yeah. So I was on birth control from 13 until 21, and doctors would say to me, like, even in my early 20s, you know, if you ever want to get pregnant, get you're probably going to have— hell off that Yeah, thing. you're yeah. probably going to have to be off birth control for yeah. a while. I mean, at that time, I'm like, were well, how is this relevant? Huge? No, well, no. I mean, they were—I wow. mean, normal, normal, huge, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. We, I just think we all have the- huge boobs in our family. I'm not even blood-related. <laughs> but at 13, when I went on the pill, my parents knew. They knew when, when Wendy, my sister, went on the pill because they were like, oh, my God, your boobs. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I never actually made that correlation. So maybe oh, my boobs yeah. didn't get bigger because I'm of that. Yeah, there's so many correlations. Yeah. Is that why I was psycho, too? <laughs> So you get off at a 21. I didn't uh, I didn't mean to. Honestly, like I had been on the pill for so long. That was the protection. I had been dating um his name was Cam, that was his nickname, and we broke up. And this was right before New Year's of um I have to think about the years, 1995. Mm-hmm. And is that right? Yes. No. I was going to say 96. No, 94. Oh. It was 94. It was 1994 because I, I graduated in 96. So 1994. So anyway, we broke up. I, for whatever reason, would get my prescription from the cities, and my mom would either send it to me or I'd drive down. And I wasn't dating Cam, so I was like, I'm going to skip this month. Why would I take month. it? Yeah. And we got back together. For, did you get back together or did you just have a we kind of got back I miss together. You. We kind of snuggle. We kind of got back together because we um I ended up throwing a big New Year's party at my parents' house. They knew and they went out of town. This is what, you know, they went out of town. We threw this huge New Year's Eve party and it was I'm pretty sure that's when I got pregnant. So, I mean, talk I mean, I had been on the pill for what like Eight years, and I get pregnant like that, which tells you how goddamn fertile. Uh, seriously. So that should have been a warning sign. 
So, yes. And of course, I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, I was deathly ill. You know, I was like mid-January? Mid, uh, Jan- all of January, okay. I was like puking my brain. out. So you're out. a senior? No, I was a uh, junior. Junior, okay. And I was actually, I had taken the J-term off at St. Ben's. We did J-term. Yeah. So I was taking that J-term off. I went home. Because I was so ill, this was the first time ever that a doctor had never actually asked me if I was sexually active. So I went to the doctor. I'm puking, like I'm achy, and they told me I had the flu. They never asked me, was I sexually active? So, Because you went to St. Ben's. Well, you were yeah, a good I guess girl. I was a good Catholic girl. Oh, my God. And then I went back to school at the beginning of February— and I was so sick. And one of my girlfriends said, could you be pregnant? And I knew in that instant. I was like, oh, fuck. So That's the first time. I had thought about it, honestly. And that night, it was like. And, and I got to ask. Yeah. You just didn't notice you didn't get your period? Yeah, because of the pill, you were just like, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, mean, please. I don't remember. Do you think I knew what I was doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not throwing anything. I'm just like. Oh, yeah. I mean, but total denial, really. It was just denial for sure. And I ended up going that night. Every time I've gotten pregnant, someone's like, do you think you might be pregnant? I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. I had intercourse. Yeah. And then you have people like, you know, my sister and so many other people in my life that are like, I did IVF for three years, you bitch. Totally. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you go light bulb. Holy shit. Yeah. Do you go get a test? Yeah, I went and got a test. It was a Monday, Are you and Cam hanging out? No, we had broken up again. Of course. Yep, we had broken up again, and I took four girlfriends in my station wagon into St. Cloud at like 7 o'clock at night to a clinic and the whole time I'm like talking to the woman, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not pregnant, you know, and she comes in. She's like, it's positive. And I was like, oh, my God. In front of your friends. No, they were waiting for me, but they all knew. I mean, yeah. we all knew. And I said I got in the car and I'm like, I have I have to go get an abortion. Like we have to go right now. This is 1995 at this point now. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Cloud. I drive to the Holiday Inn to look in the Yellow Pages for abortion clinics. And for those of you who are not familiar with Yellow Pages, there <laughs> used to be a book that had, did you, could you see it? There was nothing in there. Oh, nothing. So, and there was, was there a Planned Parenthood? I think there was, but again, it was at night. Nothing was open. So did you think you could just drive up? Yeah, I thought I could pretty much go in and be like, hey, I got a problem. Let's uh, Can I order? take care of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, one of my friends, again, just said, let's go back to the dorms. We went back to the dorms. I bawled my eyes out. I was just, I couldn't believe it, you know. And, and what was rushing through my head was, oh, my God, I'm that girl. You know, everyone yeah, from high you school. Th- who did you think of first? Did you think of him? Did you think of your parents? Did you think of the baby? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I think I just... I was just in shock, like, that that could happen to me. Because you felt invincible or because you'd heard these? St- I mean, it just, everything was shocked. I just figured I couldn't get pregnant with, with you Eight know. years. Yeah, being on the pill for so long. I just didn't feel vulnerable at all, mm-hmm. you know, having unprotected sex. Um, and, yeah, it was such an interruption, you mm-hmm. know, to what I was doing and what I was envisioning 
And yeah, all the things. I felt like a failure. I felt stupid, you know, um, everything. Were they supportive? Who, my friends? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. In fact, they're the ones. Are you still close to them? No, it was that ended up being an interesting experience Mm -hmm. as a part of it. You know, but they, one of my friends said to me that night, Sarah, if you were to have this baby, you would have so much support. And I was like, I knew she was right. So I could take abortion off the table, Mm -hmm. but I was never a girl that envisioned having kids, getting married. Like I was not that girl, probably because I'm the oldest of five that did not ever look like a fun experience. It was Uh, never a fun experience for me. You also had, like me, divorce, early, moving. You're like, I don't know if I trust relationships. I don't know what marriage is. Yeah, it just wasn't part of my plan. Yeah. So, um, but in that moment, I thought, okay, I can take abortion off the table, and I guess I'm going to parent. And so then, and I wasn't really, you know, it wasn't like I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to parent, and I started to put that plan together. It was more like, you know, I'll I'll shift into that mode while I go tell Cam. And how, the, how did you sleep that night? I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think I went straight to him and I told him he had had um, an aunt who had made an adoption plan. So he was like, adoption. And I was like, whoa, okay. Because that didn't even enter. No. I mean, the only thing I'd ever seen about adoption, this is 1995, was remember Jenny Jones? Oh, my God. Jenny Jones, Phil Donahue, 90s Oprah. I love my Phil. I know. But, like, anything. That's that's where we learned. I mean, we didn't have social media, so we learned through Phil Donahue and Oprah. Totally. And anything they had ever talked about regarding adoption were horror stories. Horror. You know, where you have your baby and then you never see the baby again. It gets ripped away. It gets ripped out of your arms. Okay, so you hear this from a positive, like, Cam's like, we could talk to my aunt. Or he's just like, we should consider adoption. And I was basically like, fuck you. I just found out I was pregnant. Like, I just need to actually now be with this. And, you know, and then I think adoption was so foreign and so far from reality that I would just needed to deal with this reality. And um, and then he and I, it was confusing and we were kind of together and so we were like sleeping together. And so I was starting to fantasize like, yep. I think we could do this. Mm-hmm. Like we could get back together. He was a year older, so he was graduating that spring. You're gonna get a job. Yeah. And we'll in. and we were gonna go to grad school. I'm mm. like, we'll be in New York with a baby. I don't know how, but I think we could do it. Mm-hmm. I'll somehow inherit money. Maybe you will. I don't know. Something's gonna work out just so great. So sidebar mm. of this story, we're both theater majors. <laughs> We are waiting this spring, so the spring 1995, we had been waiting for two years for this spring because every four years they did a musical. And I sang, he sang, so all the theater majors were waiting for this musical. We were so excited. So we auditioned. Is there a pregnant one person in this No. Damn it. So we auditioned. Yes. Um, The director, a female, she Pulls us into a conversation, Cam and I together, like a week later, and was like, Sarah, you're not going to be able to do the musical. There's just no way you're going to be able to do rehearsals. How does she know? 
Oh, we had told our professors that okay. I was pregnant. Okay. Wow. By this Did time. you tell your parents? Oh, yes. Okay. And everyone was, you know, I think they were just, they were sad for me, but they were totally supportive, all of that stuff. So she says to me, um, you're just not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to handle rehearsals from 7 o'clock at night till midnight. I was devastated. I can't imagine. And then she gave him the lead role. Let's just take a moment. He got the lead. So, yeah. I, I'm trying not to be upset that he got the lead, and you're just going to sit there in the front row, but I'm... I'm it was total bullshit. I mean, and in that I moment... I mean, did he deserve it? Oh, yeah. He okay. was very talented. <laughs> but that meant he <laughs> was never around. So uh, he No, was, so you're laying alone at night. Yeah, I'm all by myself. And then I find out... He's sleeping with the other female lead. Oh, J- Sarah, you didn't know that's a curveball, dude. You didn't. Sorry wow. about that. Yeah. So that that's what was going on. So I was, I was, so I was pretty much oh. a hot mess. But when that happened, so the reason why I'm telling you that you is when yeah. that happened, that completely the, the obliterated yeah. my fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And so I was, was like, that like April or May? It was May. Um, so you're, feel, you're feeling baby move. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm like yeah. five months along. And then I was like, well, wow. I guess if I'm going down this parenting route, I'm going to be a single parent. And that means I'm going to have to move home. And that means I'm going to be with my four siblings that I just escaped by going to college. And that means my parents are going to have to help me raise this baby. It just was like, it, yeah. no. I was 21 by that time. And I, I could feel how miserable I would feel in that existence. And that was when I thought this baby needs something different. Wow. And I got to explore that third option, adoption. Where do you start? The yellow pages. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to call this episode Yellow Pages. The Yellow Pages. And I went to the section of the A's and there was adoption. Let's remember people ain't no internet. Exactly. Adoption. And did you feel at this point a connection to this child? Yes. And um, you were freaked out. So it was just hard to even wrap your head around. And I was a mess. I was so sick. I (sighs) puked every day. I was going to class. I was embarrassed by now everyone in, I mean, in the theater, when you're a theater major, it's a small world, you know, so you're all in that when world together. When you're at St. Ben's, yeah, it's when a you're small in St. Exactly. World. So it's even smaller. Yeah. Okay. So okay. everyone knew that Cam was sleeping with Stephanie and I was just embarrassed and everything. And here I am walking around campus. I'm the pregnant girl. I'm sure there were other pregnant girls, actually. I, I, I actually know now there were other pregnant girls. But um, so then I'll I have called, them on later. What's, yeah, have them on. Yeah, all the all the birth moms from St. Ben's. Now that would be fascinating <laughs> to figure out. 20, out. 20 women line up here. How many birth moms? So what you, you look in the yellow pages heading towards the end of the school year. Yep. What do you find out? Well, I I mean, there, the first ad that popped out was like an ad for an adoption agency, a local in St. Paul-based adoption agency. It was cute. I was like, I'm going to call them. Again, it was like 7 o'clock at night. They were closed, but the receptionist answered, and she said, 
you know, someone's working late. Let me see if she will talk to you. And this was one of the first moments of synchronicity. And it ended up being a woman by the name of Kathy O'Sullivan, who is still one of my dearest, dearest people. And she was, she would have been my social worker anyway. She served my region of the state. And I call her the fairy godmother, Glenda, Glenda, (laughs) the fairy godmother. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. She got on the phone and she started to, you know, talk to me about adoption and she talked to me about open adoption. And I never heard that term before. And she said, you know, because all you know is Jenny Jones and Donnie Donnie. Yeah. And Oprah, 90s Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Just traumatic. Yeah, totally. And so she says, well, open adoption, you can choose the parents, you can receive pictures and letters, and you could even have a relationship. And I was like, whoa, that sounds crazy. But I really like the idea of getting to choose her parents. Mm. And I said, okay, let's begin. And you knew knew she was a girl. I knew she was a girl. Yeah. And so I began the process. Um, Are you living at campus? Are you back home? I'm living on campus. I had moved from from an apartment with two other girls who were very, very Catholic. (laughs) And I was a heathen. Of course you were. And so I moved into a single room in the freshman dorms by myself, but I had a bathroom. I had my own bathroom. So I could just puke my brains out all day long and study and be (laughs) pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And again, ain't no internet to jump onto. Ain't no FaceTime in. No, no. So how do you even start looking for, I mean, she's like, here, I'm going to send you some people that want a baby. Well, you go um, with with this, with an agency, when you're working with an agency, and this is back then, now it's all online, but back then there's a huge book, 80 Couples, who write a letter to birth parents. They have pictures. And so you're trying to, you know, you're shopping in a way for parents. And what they say is, you know, um, choose three that you can interview and then you can decide. So I was like, okay. So I went through all of these. How many do you think you went through? Oh, I went through all 80. 80. Oh, all 80 couples. But there was one couple that mentioned a love of the arts. And mm. I was a theater major. Cam was a theater major. And this is just another just funny irony. Their names are Mary and Joseph. No, 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 <laughs> yes. no. Yeah. So that was so funny. And but they had these two big Newfoundlands. Christ and the Lord is risen today. <laughs> wow. They didn't even change their name. <laughs> Why would they? They didn't they didn't know a Catholic girl was gonna choose them. That, that, oh I, and he went by Joe. He didn't go by Joseph, I know, you know. Still. Okay. So you didn't know what you were looking for when you opened the book. No. Things just come to you, and one of them is arts. Theater, like arts, arts. And then I was like, they look cool. They had two huge Newfoundlands. You're a dog person. He was um, an orthopedic surgeon. She was a nurse. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, ka-ching. That really wasn't the criteria. It was just the the vibe. But I I met with Mary and Joe first, and I just knew. And it wasn't a Hallmark moment. How do you meet? You go, you meet in a neutral location, I think. Or maybe they came to the office. that of the of the agency that they worked with in St. Cloud. I can't remember. Cam was there and we met them. And what I loved about them, Joe was just the super gentle man. And Mary was very straightforward. 
Mm. And I really liked that. So it wasn't this hallmark like, will you be the parents of my baby? It was just like, you know what? They're real. And this Mm. is a fucking real situation. Mm. And they had been chosen by a young couple and the couple had chosen to parent right at the end. So they had been pretty heartbroken and they had tried to have kids for a decade. Um, And so I just knew. And I was like, and afterwards, you know, you wait and then you just, you let them know we choose you. So how involved are they then? Well, then I had so much time left in my pregnancy, which is what I wanted. I wanted to get to know them. And Mm -hmm. so I spent a lot of time with them. They Mm -hmm. were from Duluth. They came down. We went to lunch. We got to know each other really well. Were they were they analytical in what you were eating and drinking? No, Did they like no. nothing. No micromanaging in that way. Yeah. They just trusted me. They loved me. You know, it was really beautiful, you know. And it Did was Did they meet mom and dad? Yep. Wow. They met my mom and dad. They met my siblings, some of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you, what you do is you create a, a cooperative agreement where you talk about what do you want the birth to look like? Like some people have the birth adoptive plans. parents in, <laughs> yeah, it's a birth plan. They want the uh, adoptive parents in the labor room, They all this stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to have my mom and Cam. And um, So Cam was involved. He was involved. I cut him out. I said, you can be Did involved. Did Stephanie come? <laughs> that was a, a fluke. It was a I think they felt very embarrassed by their well, behavior. Well, they should. So they, they're not married with no, three kids no, no, living in no. Beverly Hills you and know, he's on some movie right No. Now. And I, I think about it. I'm like, oh, my God. We were babies. Babies. He was a baby, too. Babies. I don't. Hormones I, are rich. Oh, and I don't blame him at oh, all. In I fact, we almost got married. Later. Later. Oh, part two <laughs> of the Yellow Pages with Sarah and Sarah. Exactly. Wow. Okay, so you know you want Cam at the birth. Yep, and my mom. And your mom. And then the, the, uh, we agreed that we would call them when she was born. Not when you were in labor. Um, yeah, I think we called when I was in labor, but then we, they would come down when, after she was born. Did you take childbirth education class? Oh, yeah. Wait, where? Um, Bluma? <laughs> yeah, Bluma. Yeah. What were you doing in 1995? You have. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to think of all the places I woke up in the morning at Arizona State University. Oh, oh honey. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I yeah. don't know how. I mean, I'm just in awe of you. Okay, so you were not taking childbirth education at Bluma, but you felt empowered to have— Oh, yeah. I mean— Just have a vaginal birth? Yeah. Or was that—it was just—did you know you wanted an epidural? Did you know— I think so. I think I knew that. I I had intrathecal morphine. It was a long time ago. A long time ago. (laughs) Yep. Tell me about the process of planning for if you were to take her on your chest. So what I had originally planned was that I did want to hold her right away. I was I had But two again, di- it's so interesting just to remember, you're not a crazy baby person. I loved kids. I just didn't necessarily want my own. But I I was super maternal. Like I'm a very mm. maternal person. You're such a maternal person, but yeah. you weren't like But I wasn't like I can't wait to have all these babies yeah. at all. I was okay. like I'm going to be yeah. And aunt, you know, but I was 21. Like, who the hell knows, you know? But with Ellie, I I felt very maternal. You know, when I was pregnant with her, I 
would play her um, Dave Matthews um, with, you know, headphones. Of course. You know, it's 1995 and uh, all that stuff. And Rusted Root. Rusted yeah. Root was actually one of the songs that Cam played in the delivery room. And my mother was like, shut that off. <laughs> As the drums are like, she's like, turn that off, Cam. You didn't, you, what, you weren't playing Satellite? <laughs> Of course. Crash into me. All oh, all of it. So you knew you were like, yum, I'll take her on my chest. Yeah. But what is that? I mean, seriously, like <laughs> we're on belly up. What the fuck is that like? Oh, I mean, uh, by the time she was born, I was so fried. But what I remember is I was going to have two days in the hospital and I thought, um, I'm going to have her in the nursery, and I'll have her come in, and we'll we'll see her. But I had her um, next to me the entire time, and I didn't want her out of my sight. Gosh. And I'm like, is that a shit thing? Is that a— No, it was—I'm oh, biting my nails. I know. I wanted to be with her so much. and But no breastfeeding. No, no yeah. breastfeeding. And so Mary and Joe came in, and they bottle-fed her. And so, and we were Did pretty separate. Did you sing separate. Silent Night when they came in? No. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> okay, so they were separate. So they we had their pretty, own room. They, oh, yeah. They yep. had their own room. Yep. And our experience was really separate. They were super respectful. And I was never more certain of my decision hmm. than when I was in the hospital. I just, like, they were playing the videos of breastfeeding and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so not equipped. But I, I'm, I love this little baby so much. And Cam actually, he melted down and he spent probably a whole day in the bathroom weeping. And he begged which, which me. Which day do you think? Um, it was probably day, you know, she was born in the morning. And so it was probably the morning of the next day. We had two nights with her and um, he begged me to for us to parent. And now you see why it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I was like, How did no, you yeah, so it's you just not that is not the path for us. And it's not the path for her. her. Like we cannot give her what they can give her. And it was heartbreaking. And the day we left the hospital was hands down, even with the loss of my mom, everything, the most challenging and traumatic day of my life. And I just couldn't. I couldn't bear to say goodbye, but I had to. But Mary and Joe, they just, they came in. We were so sad. And they came in and they said, we love you guys so much that if you were to change your mind, we will be okay. And we were like, no, we're not changing our mind. And we put her in their arms and we left. And at that time, I didn't think I wanted to see her again. That's what I had thought. And so I knew I would receive pictures and letters, but... But what did you do that night? What did you do 24 hours that were you in fetal position? I was... I mean, I remember we went straight from the hospital to the Excelsior Park, the Commons, and I think we got Pizza Hut, and we were zombies. I mean, we were just numb zombies. And I remember, you know, going home and Cam, you know, we were living with my parents, you know. And you're bleeding, Oh, I mean... Your milk has to be coming in. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of it. And just the... It felt like it was the trauma of having her with me for so long and then not. It was like, 
what's going on? And I remember feeling probably like three weeks later, I just want to get pregnant again. I just want to get pregnant again. I want, I need something back inside me. And, um, and I, I was a hot fucking mess. And so, so I have to ask if that 21 year old was sitting across from you now before birth, what, what, I mean, I I left an un I left a child who <laughs> didn't have a chance at life. Yeah, you left a child who had all the chances, and you gave her a chance. What would you say? What would you say to yourself or Cam? I mean, how, like, is there anything you wish you would have known? You know, I I think I would say you were so aligned. It was like. One of I think it was the first really significant spiritual moment of my life. I was so aligned with my purpose. I I never have regretted my decision ever. I have felt grief and pain about the experience, but it was exactly what was meant to happen. And Ellie has said to me, because now we have a relationship, thank you for giving me life and thank you for my life. So that's that's what it is. <laughs> the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my whole life was birthing my daughter. Absolutely. And leaving her Absolutely. at the hospital. Absolutely. I've never felt closer to the divine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's 2021. I believe you talk to Ellie once every few years. Um, we, you know, with COVID, we haven't seen each other, but we we will text every once in a while. I, I feel like we're building our relationship. She'll be 26 in <laughs> September, <laughs> which is wild. She's a fucking badass. She's the oldest of five. <gasps> mm-hmm. How did the other four come? Well, they adopted Jack about probably a year and a half, maybe after they adopted Ellie. And then they got pregnant with triplets. No. Yes. Okay, well, that's oh, a big turn in Ellie's yeah. life. Ooh. And, I mean, Mary and Joe, it was so unexpected. They didn't think they could have babies. And then they got pregnant. Were they in, like, Clobin? No. I mean, I mean, they, I, you know. They're Mary and Joseph. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have them on one day. Yes. So when you talk, it's light, it's upbeat. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're still... Getting to know each other, uh, a lot of the conversations without breaking confidence for her is mm-hmm. about what what about her maybe comes from me and comes from my mm-hmm. family and understanding herself. And I saw her the last time I saw her was 2019 before COVID, and we we had I went up to Duluth by myself and hung out with her and her boyfriend, and you know I just wanted her to know. Um, that, you know, that how similar we were in ways and and even Sydney, you know, so my 10 year old, you know, her her half sister. And have they met? They've met. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sydney loves the fact that she has an older sister, you know. So we yeah, we, we're continuing to explore like what what is our relationship? She what is great is it's a reflection of she has a full life. She hasn't felt a void. You know, and so she, her parents are wonderful. Her siblings are wonderful. She 
has a wonderful boyfriend. And I believe our relationship will keep evolving. You know, I really do. Um, I felt if Sydney hadn't come along, I think I would feel really different today because how, I was how so? I w- it was so difficult for me. You know, I just felt so much pain for so long. And again, not because I wished it was I had her with me. It just I couldn't figure out how to fill the hole. And well, I mean, that's the whole other thing is like what happened from the moment you said goodbye and you would get the pictures and whatnot. But on her birthday when she was four and five oh. and six and seven, like. I was a mess. You're 26, 27. Yeah, I was, yeah, those days. Were, I know what we were doing when we were 26, 27, and you're having this energy. And I don't want to say shadow, but you're having this reflection of a part of you. Oh, yeah. Well, And you know you made the right decision. I made the right decision, but I didn't have the tools to deal with grief. Were, did so. you, were you? Were you in therapy at all? Nope. I, I went on the road with Disney on Ice out of college of with course. Cam. We got engaged. We... I broke off. Stop. <laughs> Time out. I know you all want to know, who were you on Disney on Ice? I was a tour coordinator. I was not in the show. I was going to say, so, I, didn't, I didn't know you had ice skating abilities. <laughs> I do not. If you were to see my ice skating abilities, you would know. The tour coordinator. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So I, I did all the logistics for the shows. I was on like eight different shows. It was an amazing time, amazing job. I followed Cam. That's how I got the job. You know, I, it, that's a whole other story. You know, I mean, you're right. We could talk forever. I think the bottom line is, which I always feel at Belly Up, is that you always have choices. Yeah. And whether (laughs) you are drinking the absolute vodka or when you're waking up the next day, if we don't start tuning in to the inner voice, because I believe that's what I heard you say. I heard you say that— you had a dream of New York and this and this and that, but at the end of the day, your inner voice said, I know what is best for this person. Yep. And what I hear you say is that that's not gonna, that, that hasn't changed. No. And you still have decades and decades to continue to learn from her, and she has a full life. Yeah. Yeah. And you have your life. Full life. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm so honored to have you here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, I just have to say that you absolutely are still involved in adoption. Yeah. Yeah. I speak as a birth mom. I have for probably 17 years and I don't do it as much anymore because of my schedule, but I've spoken on panels. I've, I speak at high schools. I'm super passionate just about educating around the option because we still don't understand it. And I find that most young people feel, you know, the, the what I often hear is, oh, I could never do that. And we never think we could go through the things that other people go through because we until we're faced with them. But that's the beauty of the human spirit is we have no idea what we're capable of until we're faced with it. But when they get to see people who have thrived beyond making such a difficult decision, and even maybe they resonate with the part that it was part of my path, like I really feel like that was part of my path, that can help too in that tuning in and listening and really coming from that place of total worthiness Mm -hmm. and choosing and making choices from that place. Which is very hard in this day and age when we have a lot of noise. Oh, yeah. As crazy as it is to say on um, 
belly up, I always love to end with two things. One, the question, what do you know about birth in one sentence or so? And then we're always just going to end with a few deep breaths as we uh, pay our bill and head to bed. So Sarah, Sarah McNally, who has had a journey of motherhood and has lost a mother and is who a big sister. What do you know about birth? It is a total personal experience. Amen. Mm -hmm. So for everyone out there, wherever you are, even if you're driving in your car, just take a moment and close your eyes if you're at a stop sign or at your home and take a breath and say to yourself, I was born. I have a purpose. I am needed and I am wanted. I am loved and I will give love. Until next time, my friends, belly up to an awesome, awesome, delicious drink, whatever that is. And do not, do not forget, you were born for a reason. Here's to Sarah. Thank you for being vulnerable. Cheers. Here's to Ellie and Cam. I want to know where he is later. Yeah. (laughs) I love you all. Have an awesome, awesome day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at the Minnehaha Recording Studio right here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I can't wait to see you in two weeks. Two weeks, we've got a special one. I don't have two stools. I got three stools. And on those other stools, you will find a birthday girl, my sister, and my mom. (laughs) And you are going to love this one. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Bluma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com.